Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Good morning, American. It's Friday. And we're pretty excited about it. Uh, Today we have Dr. Brian Thomas in from the ICR Institute, the Institute for uh, Creation Research, in to talk about the Young Earth Theory. Uh, This is our once a month... um, Friday conspiracy show. This isn't really. Yeah, we got to come up with a different name. Just, yeah, because you know? for days like this, uh, this is just an alternate theory that yeah, alternate um, theory many many Christians Friday. believe in. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and uh, so welcome, Brian. Thanks for thanks for being here. Thanks. Uh, so you've got a 1999 master's biotechnology degree, right, from Stephen F. Austin. Uh, in 2008, you joined the ICR as a science writer and editor. Um, 2019, got your PhD in paleobiochemistry. That's that's uh, that's about a year before I got mine. Was it a year, Keith? Is when it, it was right in that time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't want to brag about it uh, because it was later than yours, of course. Uh, but you've taught and and now. So, what is it exactly you do at the at the institute? A lot of research. I do well. It's it's uh, as a research scientist, I I try to. Juggle several <clears throat> functions. One is, uh, uh, of course, lab research, a lot of literature research, you know, mm-hmm. regular science stuff, and mm-hmm. then, uh, but also speaking okay. and writing. So oh. writing articles, writing books, um, and filling in gaps. Yeah, right. Uh, and there are a lot of gaps, aren't there, to fill? Because um, <laughs> I, I mean, science, while they claim to know everything, and we're supposed to buy into everything they say to us, um, and then it changes the next year. Uh, they they still have a lot of stinking gaps to fill, um, and we'll get into that. Uh, but you've also written several books, um, including Dinosaurs in the Bible and Ancient and Fossil uh, Bone Collagen Remnants. That's what you, well, Why the World, yes. Why the World Looks So Young, okay, and uh, Dinosaurs in the Bible. That's really fascinating. I've, I've always loved them. Dinosaurs. I'm a four-year-old kid at heart, so I, <laughs> me too. I'm excited about that. Yes. Yeah. So, okay, tell us uh, ab- about um, you know the young Earth theory. Sure. Well, we call it biblical creation. Okay. And w- which is to say that uh, we have adopted this timeline of world history that we derive from the Bible, mm-hmm. um, and. Um, and then what we do is we, as we, um, well, I'll tell you how I came to that position from believing in whatever I was taught growing up. Yeah, everything's supposed to be 28 million or 40 million years ago, right? Well, the or Earth more. is four and a half billion, and the yeah, universe yeah. 13.7 right. billion. They just and I, changed I believe- that to 27 billion, was it? They just, they, they just almost doubled it. <laughs> well, it depends on which astrophysicist you yeah, you right. want to talk to. Again, there's the gaps. I mean, yes, you know, yes. even even the the Big Bang theory has come under fire from from some in science. Absolutely. Well, it's been yeah. it's it's been uh, it's been criticized for decades. Yeah, uh, and for good reasons. But anyway, I so I went from believing all that mm-hmm. to to the biblical creation position because of the Institute for Creation Research scientists who lived before. You know, before my generation. Okay. And so I'm on their shoulders, and I, I appreciate what they wrote back in the day because I, I, I never had learned um, until I read their stuff, and I did not want to read it, but a friend challenged me, 
Mm-hmm. How, how do you refute these creationists? I was like, easy, they're stupid, you know. <laughs> you know, but but yeah. but he said, give me reasons, give me some give me some science, give me some data, give me some experiments, you know, mm-hmm. give me something solid. And I was like, all right, I'll go I'll go ahead and do this for you, <laughs> and uh, you know, trying to do him a service, right? Mm-hmm. And I get in there and I go, wait a minute, these this makes sense. Like the actual rocks, the actual fossils, uh, uh, um, really do show evidences that match the idea that they were flooded like these are flood rocks these are flood burials these this is this really Hmm. matches noah's flood and when that okay so if you have the whole rock column being deposited in one year only thousands of years ago there goes your millions of years you can't there's no time for evolution so my whole worldview started to change and then i Hmm. had to know more and i just you know i just i just dug in at that point and and i and i um i came out the other side going I, I never would have thought that the Bible was exactly right on these matters of history, uh, but but now it's it's turning in it's turning out that way. So so that's that's a little bit of my story. Okay, uh, and uh, what is it exactly? I mean, we I think we all started out uh, believing the scientific theory because that's what we were taught yeah. in school. Is that uh, you know the Earth is four point five billion years old, the universe is thirteen or fourteen billion years old, and you just go along with it. Well, yeah, that makes sense. So um, uh, then you, you know you hear about this, and it sounds it sounds silly, it sounds preposterous, and so you get yes. made fun of, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, do you do you encounter a lot of that? Uh, I'm pretty well insulated. Yeah. From that, we have you know we have. Um, departments at the institute who shield us from a lot of the trolls you know we post things online and mm-hmm. trolls scoff yeah i bet uh, with uh i'll bet with vim and ridicule and rigor so welcome anyway. to 2023 yeah well <laughs> right. they're insulted by it um and as it, i was it threatens their world it does yeah as i was yeah but you mentioned the word science there and i i just want to clarify that so did, did you hear yourself i heard you say we all grew up going with the science yeah. yes well that's what it was but, right? but it was yeah. at the time it was science mm-hmm. and i perceived it as being scientifically based right but as i've as as a scientist as i've uncovered mm-hmm. more and more about how they assign these ages it's less and less scientific and it's more and more uh worldview based uh, in my perspective so i know i'm saying i'm a biblical creationist and i put the bible first mm-hmm. but i arrived at that position through uncovering how unscientific the quote-unquote science of age dating really was. Mm. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I I find it fascinating that, uh, and one of the things that uh, we learned or were shown uh, at your institute, which was fascinating, um, that uh, so much or all of the layers on the earth, you talked about how the layers, it had to have been a flood, right? A massive flood in a short period of time to create uh, the way that the land is, that all over the world, it's the same layers, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we, I, that's, that's amazing to me. And, yeah. and I, we, I've, never, I've never heard that from scientists. <laughs> but that's good science because it's it's based on observation. I mean, that's step one if you're going to do good science is observe something, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but you have to be willing in this case to look at a really broad picture. Most geologists, almost all geologists, focus on one area, one region. Some geologists focus on one outcrop. 
Um, and so it's, it's rare the geologist who tries to tie together or even is willing to, to look at, does this rock here, this layer, this thickness, this rock type um, with the fossils that are peculiar to it, does it also occur like, let's say, on another continent? The answer turns out to be yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's all the continents. <laughs> and so it takes a worldwide cause to produce such a worldwide effect. And that's what we've found. And it's stunning confirmation of, uh, of this history that we get in the Bible, uh, not just in Genesis, but, but the New Testament confirms this history as having really taken, taken place, a world-destroying flood. I know it's, 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 it sounds crazy, and it sounded crazy to me when I first heard it, but, but like you said, when I looked at the evidence of the actual rocks, it started to make sense. And boy, yeah. it took me a long time. It took me five years to answer question after question to, it's like turning the Titanic, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, to believe, mm-hmm. to change my beliefs one at a time. So. Yeah, and, and, and to Jeffy's point, I mean, your center over here, just a mile from us, is absolutely fascinating. Uh, and one of the things that really stuck out to me over there was the Mount St. Helens. Just the, uh, just just what's been happening to the rocks in the last 40 years there uh, just lends credence to the fact that it does not take billions upon billions of years to, to carve out rock and sediment it's fascinating how quickly it can happen it's funny i was there visiting and i I walked up on a tour group being led by the official park ranger and (laughs) Uh and the park ranger was this was this young kid um probably fresh out of college and therefore knows everything i'm just (laughs) trying to do the tour okay right (laughs) so he's he's saying and he brings the group to a precipice where you can overlook this gorge and um, uh, and you could see on the in the walls of the inner walls of the gorge, you can see layers exposed. Mm-hmm. And so one of the one of the guys in the tour raised his hand and said, "Like, how long ago did this happen? How long did?" It? And then he said, "How long did it take for this gorge to form?" Right. And the young guy looks and back and looks at the audience and looks back at the gorge and looks back at the audience. I'm like, tell the guy it happened in 1982. So so the eruption in 80 and then a subsequent um, event in 82 carved the gorge. Right. We saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's recorded. 1982. (laughs) And the guy was like, the ranger was like, I don't know, but it must have been since the 1980s. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it takes it takes more faith uh, to believe in evolution and that we poof crawled out of a, 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 slime. a slime, you know, or, mm-hmm. or from dirt than it does to believe in the, the creation story. Wow, you're you're top you're you're a topic switcher. Bam. Okay, different topic. <laughs> well, no, I better be ready when I come come here this early. I think what I'm the point I'm trying to make is that this kid at, at the Mount St. Helens thing uh, is is just He's just giving the tour, man. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no uh, curiosity. And, and nobody cares. They just, they just accept with blind faith these stories that oh, I don't know. It took billions of years. Sure, I guess I don't know. Uh, and 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 they can't explain it. But there's, you can look at something like the Bible, and and there's generation after generation. Um, and we got to get into that, by the way, as well. Is the population should be. So much more. So I'm throwing three topics at you at once. <laughs> like that. Well, I understand. Yeah, I, I, I think I catch your your drift. And, and, and just generally speaking, the faith that's required to believe the evolution well, story as opposed to he, creation. The doctrine is each layer takes eons. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then each carving 
carving happens, gorges happen, valleys happen, right. one grain at a time. That takes right. eons also. Mm-hmm. So to deposit it eons and more eons to carve it out. That's the doctrine. That's what I was taught yeah. when I got my minor in geology. Mm-hmm. I mean, every class teaches you the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like a, 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 a gavel on the desk. It's slow and gradual. It's slow and gradual. It's slow and gradual. Right. And then you go to Mount St. Helens and the, de- the deposition of layers and then the carving of those layers both happened in two separate catastrophes. Both happened in one day each. One day and then you wait two years and then another day a gorge carved God, like that's that. amazing. That's amazing. And so and so for him, so you're right. It's like a it's like a paradigm shift. And he's like, I was taught all this stuff in right. geology class, but right. here I am standing here, and this guy's asking me a question, and the actual answer doesn't match at all what I, what what I was what taught. taught. Yeah, yeah. So t- where in the Bible does it does it specifically say that the Earth is seven thousand years old? Are you just it doesn't? Are, are, yeah, there's right. no there's no one place. So right. Um, so basically. Uh, you're, you're going on that the earth was created, the creation process was six days, right? And then you got the day of rest. So there's nothing before that, right? Well, uh, that's, but I've yeah, never, that's right. So, so that's pretty much right. And, but if you go into the 10 commandments, Exodus 20, verse 11, uh, for in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the seas mm-hmm. and rested on the seventh day. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and that summarizes that's that's the beginning. That's you, a busy six days. Yeah. Uh, do you look <laughs> on it as as I do that a day to the Lord is about a thousand years? Oh no no. no I mean I don't. used to. Okay. Uh, but then, um, but but then I, I I looked yeah I looked at that verse in mm-hmm. Exodus twenty eleven. I was like, well if if each day is a thousand years, that doesn't it doesn't do justice either to the text, and it doesn't help. Uh, it doesn't help squeeze any time into the what does yeah so it, it, it all it does is give opportunity for uh, maybe some extra fossils to form way back then mm-hmm. but the fossils formed in the flood and so and so with that position which i used to hold um it it, it took me a while to really to really th- but it, by the way it comes from peter there's a verse in, in second peter that says with the lord a day is as a thousand years mm-hmm. but then the rest of that verse says and a thousand years as is as a day. So, so I thought, well, that erases that idea. And he's not even talking about creation in that verse. So, but um, but if we have death, if we have fossils happening before sin, before the garden, mm-hmm. then we have death before sin, and then we have we have effectively erased the logical foundation for the gospel by by saying you know because in the bible it's it's perfect first or not perfect but very good mm-hmm. and then and then temptation then sin um and then the consequence of sin is death death means separation separation from god is the consequence there right and then that's what happened and so god came down in genesis chapter 3 and said um or i guess he came over uh, and, and said uh, uh this is it you you're not gonna have to suffer the consequence so here comes the death that I promised, you know, in the one law I gave you guys. And uh, th- so anyway, so there, so there we have, oh no, that's the problem. De- death is now a part of reality. And by the way, that's the, that's the final enemy. And that's the reason Jesus came to die. The death paid the death penalty himself so that we would, would have, uh, you know, an opportunity to, uh, through, by trusting in him, to escape that death penalty one day 
And, but if we have death having existed for eons before sin, then we've, we've, we have created a conundrum both theologically with the death problem uh, and also um, exegetically, uh, because that's not what the words say. The words say um, a day, and a day means day, and it even defines day in the creation week by saying evening and morning uh, multiple times there. So, so, so I, you know, I went through all these different positions, as you can read in my, my book, Dinosaurs in the Bible, there and i, I kind of give a, an overview of why i landed on the straightforward interpretation there of genesis one okay um and where do dinosaurs fit in in this they lived concurrently with humans uh so so um day six god made the creatures land mm-hmm. creatures okay yeah and then at the end of day six adam and eve uh and so we look at dinosaur fossils because we're pretty sure there's no longer alive today. So, pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, we don't know that they have legs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have legs, and so we, you know, we're they were able to walk on land, um, and so that, that I would call them a day uh, day six creature. Uh, so, so according to the Bible, God would have made them on on the, during creation week. So that means they lived with humans for the, you know. But not at the same place, yeah. necessarily. I mean, you, right. w- w- we don't live with, um, we don't build our houses in swamps. Let's say they lived in swamps like alligators. And by the way, all the dinosaur layers have alligator or what they call crocodilla forms in, the, in them. Um, and, and, no, they're not from there. I mean, they're not, they're not, they were already created. They were part of that, right? I mean, the, the crocodiles and the gators were living with the the dinosaurs yes 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. and water birds we see uh um like ducks and loons and albatross all all in those dino layers um anyway so 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 uh for that reason i think yeah they lived at the same time during the pre in the pre-flood world but mm-hmm. not in the same place you know, people, right. okay. people, people don't live mm-hmm. in swamps. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot going on in Creation Week. It's a little bit more exciting yeah. than even Shark Week. But um, <laughs> correct me if well, I'm Shark wrong. Shark Week was part of Creation Week. Uh, I see. Uh, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I saw something recently uh, that that said that there were um, uh, cave drawings of what appeared to be dinosaurs. Is that something you're familiar with? I might need to look into that, but I, have you ever heard of anything like that? Where well, you went to uh, to the Discovery Center, yeah. and maybe mm-hmm. you saw the the Dragon Encounters wall. Yeah, yeah we did. And we have we have on display some uh, pictographs and and, and artifacts um, from all over the world that mm-hmm. that resemble you know some of them are just generalized like large monster type right. things, and so you can't really say much about those except ask the question. What were they looking at when they did this art a thousand right. years ago or two thousand years ago? Pretty interesting. And then some of them, however, have specific anatomical features that yeah. they did in the artwork that match exactly what we see from just fossils and nothing else live today. And that tells us that uh, that's uh, that tells us that these dinosaurs um, or other extinct reptiles. Um, uh, I would say that they survived the flood, either on board the ark or through the ark, uh, or, or through the, the uh, waters, like fishes did, survived through the waters. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and then uh, the, and then they lived for some time after the flood. And people saw them. And I people mean, saw them. Bill, Bill saw it and drew a picture of it in the cave, right? Right. I mean, it might not have been Bill. Right. It might have been Fred, but one mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and, and then, so you do think they uh, dinosaurs survived the flood? They weren't killed off in the flood, and uh, some, and and what did some. kill them then? Eventually, do do you have any thoughts on that? I do, uh, I th- and, but I don't know because mm-hmm. I wasn't there. And you're asking me a question about history. <laughs> Apparently, it wasn't not a, a comet question. though, right? Do what? It wasn't a comet that would have killed off humanity too. At the same uh, time. It would have killed the frogs. Yeah, uh, it's you're right. Uh, and uh-huh. so that's one of the uh, <laughs> that's one of the details that. Certain secular scientists have have raised uh, this objection to the very common now notion that that an impact killed the dinosaurs because yeah. you see frog fossils in the layers with dinosaurs mm. and then you also see frog fossils in the layers mm. right above the supposed impact mm. but the thin-skinned frogs would have died first yeah right. not the thick-skinned big tough reptiles right. uh, mm-hmm. would have would have. Uh, You'd seen that that would have survived, and the layers themselves are so thick and so extensive they go for hundreds of square miles, a single layer. And uh, yeah, so so an impact an impact might have deposited some sort of layer like that, that not thick that near the impact yeah. site, but not a thousand miles away from the Yucatan, you know, over or whatever the mileage is. It's a uh, it's a long way to get from the Yucatan to to Montana. Uh, so anyway. Um, yeah, I told I told my son this because he was in a biology class, and he said, "Dad, the teacher said that an impact killed the dinosaurs," because <laughs> uh, everyone just believes it, and it's mm-hmm. convenient to just jump on the bandwagon and um, uh, go with the flow, right? Yeah. Um, and I said, "Well, ask your professor about about the frogs." Mm. And so the next the next day he comes back, had the conversation go in class. I raised my hand and said. This is how my son talks, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> All of our sons talk like that. Yeah, it's when they're teenagers. <laughs> now he's a real human, so uh-huh. that's a wonderful thing. <laughs> I raised my hand and I said, what, what about the frogs that are the frog fossils that are, you know, that are in the layers below and the layers above? Wouldn't the impact have killed the frog fossils? And the prof goes, okay, next question mm. oh wow didn't even answer wow. it. didn't even attempt to answer it they had no interest yeah. in having a dialogue because they can't they, they can't right. answer it once well, you shut up kid yeah. exactly exactly then then it's either belittling or just ignoring right uh, we see that today from a number of different sources uh so what is the age of the universe then the same as the age of the it earth is. or it, it, well it is, is. yeah okay. so um <clears throat> So seven thousand years for for all stars and do yeah. you mm-hmm. do you not believe the uh, that space is immense then that it's oh yes it's immense so okay so how do you get that's that? where we got the twenty eight billion right was from space because we yeah. with the with the James Webb telescope they tell us that they just found the star that was twenty eight billion mm-hmm. light years away right mm-hmm. so so how how did light reach us in seven thousand years okay from these distant places I have a simple one word answer. Mm. Ready? Miracle. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. And, and, and I think miracle is, uh, you, you have to look at the supernatural um, as an option here. Um, it's got to be on the table because, let's, let's say I just asked you this question. Did the universe have a beginning? That's just yes or no. Mm-hmm. Okay. If in the secular uh, materialistic anti-supernatural paradigm if within that paradigm we say yes the universe had a beginning 
then suddenly you have to think there was a time when there was nothing and then there was a time when there's everything mm-hmm. and so you go from nothing to everything uh, well that violates the first law of, th- of thermodynamics the law of conservation of mass energy and which says that that the total amount of, of of mass energy in the universe remains constant you can convert between mass different forms of energy um, but it, the total amount stays the same and so we we don't want to violate laws of thermodynamics do we in our okay well let's pick the other option no the universe had no beginning well that means the universe is eternal which means mm. the stars mm. would have burned out an eternity ago but they're not they're still shining uh it's like if i have a coffee cup you know and you can hold that coffee cup and if you if it feels hot that means it was put there pretty recently <laughs> right <laughs> but eventually that coffee cup is going to irradiate all of its heat well, in like manner, stars, galaxies radiate their light, and they burn out. So the stars should have all burned out if the if the universe is an eternity old. And so um, that violates the second law. The first answer violates the first law. <laughs> so what we have to do is think outside this 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 constraining box of matter is all there is. We have to we have to think outside of that and go. Well, what if what if there was a beginning? But a creator began it so it's not just nature only but we're talking about supernatural as an option and to me that's the best way it's the most scientific way. it's the most reasonable way to uh to um to explain how it all began this universe looks like mm-hmm. it started with a miracle um and the the alternatives violate the laws of of uh, the, the most fundamental laws of, of of all physics and chemistry well the big bang theory itself is problematic and and many scientists are are acknowledging that and some have even um gotten off the big bang bandwagon um we saw one with uh three scientists and one that we were familiar with i can't remember his name right now but um one that used to ah what's his name you know used to hang out with us once in a while he'd be on glenn's show and all of that uh, but the three of them sat around and talked about how the big bang theory is just not accurate it's just not possible but essentially uh there was some sort of matter, right, that, that superheated or, or whatever uh, process happened to make it explode, and that explosion created the universe, right, and everything in it. And, uh, and that randomness is just accepted by everybody. Oh, okay, yeah, huh. Right. Yeah. So we were nothing, and then nothing exploded into everything. There you go. And it makes perfect sense. <laughs> so requires more sit, sit down back there and shut up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't want to hear from you anymore. Shut your mouth, you stupid religious zealot. And and that's kind of how how people deal with that. Um. So what what do you tell people who who dismiss what you believe um, about the Big Bang theory? I don't. I'm I'm done telling. Are you? Yeah. yeah. I, I, so what I do is, uh, if it's a one-on-one situation, I'm I'm just asking them what they believe, and why you believe it. That's it. So I just go, mm-hmm. what do you? These are my magic questions. Um, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? And I just huh. let them define what they're talking about, and then I and then I say, and what led you to that conclusion, mm-hmm. or, or some variation mm-hmm. of that. And I just ask and ask and ask until finally, in a conversation, and it usually takes about twenty minutes. At least, <laughs> if not a few years of multiple <laughs> conversations before someone will finally come around and say, you know, 
I'm not sure why I believe that. It's just what I was taught. You <laughs> right. know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, well, how did, you know, what led them to, what gives you confidence that they got it right? And finally, you know, with those kinds of questions, that's what, that's what helps people um, to, to come to their own conclusions about these matters. And if they're diligent enough and willing to think outside of, you know, of the box. And, and actually, you have to kind of be willing to, to consider an option that other people don't believe and don't agree with, and I'm not going to be cool. Mm-hmm. And cool, being cool is a huge, uh, you know, this social pressure is real. Oh, yeah. It's real. And, and who, yeah. who wants Nobody to be wants the Nobody wants to be ridiculed. Right. No. Yeah. So, so that's, but I just ask questions anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Have we ever seen a star uh, get created? No. Nope. Yeah. Not ever. Interesting. Nor have we ever found the missing the missing link, right, between humanity and uh, and apes, if that's uh, where we evolved from. Well, for every, I'll put it this way, for every uh, missing link that one paleoanthropologist proposes, there's another paleo expert who looks at the same supposed missing link and says, no way, that can't be a missing link because... Look at these anatomical features, X, Y, and Z. Um, and so they're every single proposed, every single one so far uh, has, has, uh, has its detractors. Yeah. So, there's, so there's no unanimous. Uh, it's, it, the field is so um, uh, rife with subjectivity that it gives me no confidence that, they're, <laughs> that, that, they're, that it's really good science. It's like a, you, know, you, you can grade science on, on how how high quality or low quality it is. Yeah. And this this is on the low quality end. Yeah. Uh, we've got much more uh, to go over with uh, Dr. Brian Thomas from the ICR Institute on the Young Earth. We'll get into that uh, coming up. Pat Gray Unleashed. Welcome. Thanks for being with us. 888-933-93. If you've got a question for our guest, Dr. Brian Thomas, we've also got some questions uh, via tweets, uh, and we'll get to those in, in just a second. It's fascinating. We're talking about the Earth being 7,000 years old. Is it seven or is it six? Because um, there's, you know, six. After the 7,000 years, that's when things are supposed to end, right? <laughs> I mean, that's, so say six right say six, say six. Say six. Mm, maybe okay, five six. even because there's a millennial time in there somewhere and uh so yeah uh lone wolf 2965 says i don't know i can totally believe that jeffy crawled out of the slime and dirt yeah. <laughs> that's probably the their best uh piece of evidence yeah on that side of the argument mm-hmm. <laughs> from fury and energy I hope elemental half-life is addressed. Hmm. Uh, so what can you tell us about elemental half-life? Oh, it's a, it's a way to, um, to measure like the decay rate of various um, like radioactive isotopes. Hmm. And that, that, that's the decay rate that, that uh, researchers use to uh, assign ages uh, to igneous rocks. So these are rocks that cooled hmm. from melt. So you're talking lavas and um, granites and things like that. Um, speaking of Mount St. Helens and yeah. radioisotopes, so in Mount St. Helens, in the dome there um, that was created when it exploded in May 18th, 1980, 
subsequent eruptions of lava deposited, uh, the, um, well, deposited some uh, some uh, lava rock. It's called dacite. And so, ten years after the the rock solidified or lithified or formed, uh, our scientists went up and sampled those and sent those samples to various um, standard secular mainstream radioisotope age dating laboratories where we get the information of how old things are right that Correct. we believe what they say or Correct. we're supposed to anyway yeah and so the samples came back drum roll uh was it 10 years oh you actually have a drum roll yeah we got uh, drum roll. Hold on. we got you covered Bam. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Boom. So the samples came back uh, with ages, uh, age assignments uh, on the order of some, some samples came back 500,000 isotope years, uh, and some came back uh, around 2 million isotope years. Uh, wow. Now, is the rock huh. 2 million, 500,000, or 10 years old? Well, we know it's 10 years old because we saw it and yeah. we watched it. Yeah. Uh, and so if we... If, that's fascinating. So that's... So that's what do they use for the argument of that, that, it, that it's that old because it came from inside the earth? And that's the well, age the, the, well, the melt landed? The melting process is supposed to redistribute all the elements and wipe the slate clean. And that's when the clock is start, starts okay. ticking okay. is when this thing mm. solidifies. Okay. And that's the theory upon which the wow. whole system is so based. So it came back as old as two million years. Correct. And when that's, it happened ten years that's prior. That's what typically. That, those are typical results. When well, we I was test, bad at math. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a big difference. It's you know, ten years. A big difference. Two, two million. million. Whatever. <laughs> you were in a, the ballpark. It's a rounding it's a error. It's a big ballpark. It's a rounding error. Okay. <laughs> uh, so carbon dating is it just not accurate? Is that because they tell us, well, that's been carbon dated back to. <laughs> Ten billion years ago. Yeah, so. the, it's oh, complicated. Yeah. Actually, the, the answer is it depends. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's something going on with the really ancient Earth and its and its ratio of carbon fourteen to carbon twelve. That, that's what the, that's what it measures. When we do radioisotope dating, we're measuring an isotope ratio. How much of this isotope or version of an atom mm-hmm. versus that version of that or, or, or the isotope? We're not measuring time. So you have to take the isotope ratios, mm. plug those into a big formula, and the formula has variables in it, which are unknowns, and you have to plug in those unknowns with guesses. And that's where you can insert your belief system mm. into the whole process. Wow. So when we do that with radiocarbon dating, it turns out that we get really solid results by comparing those results with like other historical artifacts that are buried in the same layer. When you go back 2,000 years, even sometimes 2,500 years, the radioisotope ages match other, you know, other age dating techniques. Mm. But when you go further back than that, like the time of the Exodus, there's a systematic offset and the radioisotope ages tend to increase and increase and increase. So the further back you go, the further away from calendar years, those, those carbon years, become hmm. isn't that interesting yeah. so something was going on back very. then to skew the very old right. carbon now carbon dating only goes back fifty thousand carbon years in that system that's the maximum age but guess what we so we've been able to use that 
at our at our institute uh, um, to sort of do a worldview test. So we were able to take um, a carbon from dinosaur bone and send that to the standard dating labs. And every time we do that, it comes back with radiocarbon still in the bone. And so mm. that means it looks younger than, you know, let's say 100,000 years, carbon years, max, max age. Just, we'll just double it for fun. Uh, and so we have, we have young looking radiocarbon still in fossils. It's published in the mainstream literature too. So it's not just cra crazy creationists. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, and you can look all this up mm. at icr.org and we have all kinds of information. So, and, and even diamonds, we, we're the first scientists to take diamonds, which are pure carbon, um, and submit them to a radiocarbon dating facility, and they found radiocarbon still in the diamonds. Now that should be carbon dead or zero oh, wow. radiocarbon hmm. after 100,000 carbon years, but these diamonds are supposed to be three billion with a B, like yeah. banana. Years old, and they have radiocarbon still in them. So whether we test, I know that's coal, what I paid for. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're expensive. Yeah. So anyway, the, uh, whether it's diamonds, coal, natural gas, fossils, every earth material that has carbon in it, so far tested by secular or creation-believing scientists, um, uh, the data keeps showing over and over that we have young-looking radiocarbon in in all these. Wow. Um, this might be a good place since we're talking about fossils uh, yeah. to show the fossil I got from you guys from the uh, ICR Institute. This is this actually came from the Fossil Museum in Montana in Glendive, right? Right. Um, it is a Triceratops rib. Mm. That no. is so no. cool. Looks like an old piece of. Oh, job. it's a vertebrae. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's not a rib. It's a vertebrae. Triceratops. <laughs> is, is it from a Triceratops though? Oh, okay. No. It's, it's not <laughs> I mean, it looks like an old piece of chocolate cake, but I digress. Ed Montasaurus. Yes. I don't even know what that is. I mean, obviously some kind of dinosaur, but uh, I, I don't know. It's a, it's, uh, is it similar to a Triceratops? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Man, let the Triceratops thing go. And you're go. from Montana? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very heavy. Uh, looks pretty old, but uh, it can only be... Uh, some, something under 7,000 years, right? Not uh, 65 million, which is when they say the dinosaurs ended. So what, I don't think you got around to when we asked you, what ended the, the dinosaurs since we lived with them, but not at right. the same and place? Then I, and then I got sidetracked because yeah. I, was, I was talking about um, other stuff. But um, basically, since I wasn't there, I don't know. That's how I started to answer the question. But um, but so I have to speculate at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is so my speculation would be the same two main factors that cause animals to go extinct today. Global warming, <laughs> climate change. <laughs> That's what Actually, climate change. Yes, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, because we had this big old thing called an ice age. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. in fact, um, uh, the flood has the ha the flood model that we have uh, provides the best. Um, model for an ice age. How do you get an ice age? Well, you kind of need a flood to make all the hot water and all the evaporation that you need. So talk about climate change. Post ice age, uh, uh, the Middle East went dry. Uh, it just dried out. Uh, mm. During the ice age, the Middle East was tropical and wet. We had, uh, it was very wet. So, so when you, when you lose habitat, so it's habitat loss due to mm. people moving in or climate change. And uh, those, that's 
that's what I think is the best mm. reasonable explanation. Interesting. For, so you disagree with the new study that suggests the major extinction event roughly 34 million years ago was driven by a sea level drop, uh, as they say, 131 feet in Antarctic ice caps. I mean, that was just released. So nice. That, I mean, mm. yes, I know. And again, every time I see that now, mm-hmm. since going to the ICR, going to ICR, mm-hmm. I think, okay, stop it. <laughs> no, I, I, no, that's good science, except for the age assignment. That's the only part I really disagree with. So if mm. we take that sea level, you know, drop or ice melting or whatever, that could have happened during the ice age or toward the end of the ice age so it's it's just uh taking our timeline and uh, treating it like an accordion Got it. and shrinking it down to um to to what makes the most sense of all the data including radiocarbon okay. in these ancient fossils and including what my area of expertise is which is proteins still in fossils proteins last even longer than radiocarbon does so maybe we should just stick with talking about radiocarbon. <laughs> <laughs> More with Dr. Brian Thomas uh, coming up in a minute. And your questions, if you'd like to uh, ask him something, 888 or you can tweet uh, at Pat Unleashed. What would happen if the uh, supply, the global medication supply, dried up right before our eyes? I mean, we've already got some indications of that, right? Supply chain malfunctions going on. We're, 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 getting, we're having some problems uh, getting medication. Right now. And could it ever get worse? You bet it could. What do you do about it? Well, if uh, you would like to have antibiotics on hand for whatever eventuality in your life, you can get the Jace case from Jace Medical. It's a great way to keep prepared for anything that may happen. It's a pack of five different courses of antibiotics that you can use to treat all kinds of different bacterial illnesses, UTIs, respiratory infections, sinus infections, uh, Give this uh, a real thought and then act on it today. Uh, you can be ready for whatever comes your way. Or this is a great way to prepare for, for a vacation. If you're traveling out of state and you don't have access to your doctor and your pharmacy, um, Jace Case from Jace Medical. Go there. Enter the promo code PAT at checkout and you'll save. That's promo code PAT at JASEmedical.com. This is Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, Millennial Pathead tweets, I don't understand why it always has to be creationist versus evolution. Why not both? We've seen evolution, uh, sometimes over a long period, sometimes short. Why can't people believe we were created, created by a god to evolve and change? How do you respond to that, Brian? Uh, this imports a lot. <laughs> Mm. A lot of assumptions. Uh, you can. You can believe whatever you want. It's a free country. Yay. <laughs> Is it? Uh, Is it? <laughs> it's, it's decreasingly free. <laughs> so, uh, and I used to believe that, of course. But um, um, I think it's helpful to, to consider um, the alternatives. And it, if you want to go full-on atheistic evolution, mm-hmm. that's an option. Uh, but then if you... Uh, but. And then, if, and then if you want to consider the the biblical creation position, uh, the, like I did, um, do that. And then if you want to land somewhere in the middle, like most people do, um, that's your that's your prerogative. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I, all I'm saying is, the biblical creation position is where I ended up. 
Right. And I ended up there because of the evidence. But I think uh, what he's saying here is I I have a a scientist professor brother-in-law, and um, he believes that God created the process by which we evolved. So, in, a, in other words, he started the evolution process, and, and that's the creation then process. Then it just goes. Now, I don't, I don't know what his process is. I don't know how that works. It, that does go against what the Bible says, that we're literally formed from the dust of the earth. But, you know, a lot of people believe certain Bible verses are allegory. Um, so, how, do you, you think that's not possible, that he, he created the process by which we evolved? I think it does a disservice to the, to the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if the Bible actually is the word of God and, I, and if if God's the authority in this matter, because he was actually there and he said, you know, I created I created Adam out of the dust of the earth. I created mm-hmm. Eve out of his side. Then for us to say, sorry, God, you got it wrong. We actually <laughs> know that we came from apes instead. So in that case, um, in that case, we have to <laughs> um, we have to, you know, reclassify certain parts of god's word yeah but the thing is when we start down that road then we end up going well what parts do we reclassify and what parts do we not because there's no indicator in the text itself that we should that we should treat this text as not history when in fact it's it's laid out as a historical narrative text yeah and so um and also it robs glory from the lord jesus christ who the bible credits as the creator and so if if we're going to say well natural processes did it God just was behind it all. Well, f- well, that doesn't, that's no longer a miracle. Okay. And so, and so he's supposed to get the credit for the miracle of the, I mean, that's the biggest miracle that ever happened was literally the creation of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. uh, and, and, and so if we're, if we're going to start robbing, robbing God of his miracles, then we're, um, um, it's kind of miraculous, though, to create a, a a process by which all of this happened, mm-hmm. right? I mean, isn't isn't that initial, uh, isn't that initi- initially an, a, a miracle? I, yeah. I would say that in and of itself is a miracle. But um, so, I mean, it's not that I believe it. I'm just making the argument. I, I've I've always had a problem with the evolutionary theory because, uh, for one thing, because that makes adam and eve's parents less than human right so somewhere along the way (laughs) we just decided or the lord decided that adam and eve were the first people on earth and i and i believe they were um so that must mean okay well what were their (laughs) parents uh something less correct me if i'm wrong and i'm terrible at math in case you're not aware doctor but uh i guess the general consensus is that humans first walked the earth between 1.4 and 2.4 million years ago i mean that's that that's that seems to be the i mean i'm mm-hmm. looking at history.com history channel so they're mm-hmm. always uh on the evolution kick but if the earth's population i've got another tab open here uh is 7.8 billion and uh, i saw another tab that apparently i closed that uh our, our population increased by a billion over the course of 130 years at this point in the existence of humans, if it were between 1.4 <laughs> yeah. and 2.4, how many 7.8 billion right? a long right? time ago? So doesn't that lend credence to the younger theory? Yeah, well, the pop- population growth rate, I think that's a valid argument. Mm. Uh, and it's it's a valid observation. If, if we look at that, why didn't, why didn't humans have a population growth 
so much longer ago. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and and the evolutionary paradigm has an answer, and it's but but it's really it's um it's an ad hoc sort of a special pleading like, well that's because of diseases and <laughs> uh, but it's yeah. More with Dr. Brian Thomas coming up on Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray Unleashed. Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Good morning, American. It's Friday. A rock, a river, a tree. Right. Hosts to species long since departed. Yeah. Marked the mastodon, the dinosaur, mm. who left dry tokens of their sojourn <laughs> here on it. our planet floor. Here, here's one of their dry tokens. <laughs> right, right, <here>. there. <laughs> right there. Right there. Appreciate that. <laughs> Actually, this is more like one of their innards. Uh, it's the vertebrae of an Ed- Edmontosaurus. I mean, that's what we're told, but uh, yeah, but you know. is it? I <laughs> think is it really? Thank you. So uh, we're we're talking to Doctor uh, Brian Thomas um, about the Younger Theory, and he's from the ICR Institute. And by the way, we highly recommend uh, oh, yeah. taking your really family, your kids, uh, to the ICR Institute. It's really fun. It, it's a great museum. I was very pleasantly surprised. I don't know what I was thinking it was going to be, but it was it exceeded my expectations. absolutely. Yeah, it was definitely more than what you what I. What I expected for sure. Um, One of the things that we found out there was that you guys are doing actual science. You're doing scientific research. And one of the really cool things you're doing is looking into, um, it's not even, you guys don't refer to it as evolution. It's, it's adaptation, right? Isn't that, that's a better word for what happens with us. We adapt to our surroundings and our environment. Plants uh, so, do, animals do, yeah. we, we do too. Yeah. Do and you've got some research going on with fish that is fascinating that they showed us when we were there a couple of weeks ago. Uh, tell us a little bit about, about the adapting that fish, the, the cave-dwelling fish do. Sure. Uh, well, f- uh, researchers have been studying these blind cave fish, uh, the Mexican blind tetra, you could call it that, too, for since the 70s. Mm. Uh, and, and, and we've all been fascinated by how did this sighted, surface creature with pigment etc looks like a fit looks like a minnow i guess mm-hmm. how did it how did it enter when did it enter caves you know in in central mexico and when did it when did it go blind because it's living in darkness living in total darkness you know uh and have no pigment and uh now evolutionary dogma that i was taught and believed for a long time of course would say that this happens over slow and gradual. That was Darwin's insistent doctrinaire position. It's got to happen slowly and gradually by the accumulation of, um, you know, of, uh, of, of trait differences. And then later, um, later biologists said, well, that's got to be mutations. So we call it the neo-Darwinian theory, which means it's mutations is what gives us the differences. So in other words, it must have happened eons ago, and it must have taken eons right mm-hmm. many 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 generations for these fish to lose their eyes and in place of their eyes they have gained uh, this uh, increased pressure sensors they have sensitivity and chemical sensors so chemosensory and the brain is reorganized to to more efficiently process all those different data points coming in instead of coming in from an optic nerve it's coming in from other nerves so how do you what do you how do you make sense of all those data sensory inputs and anyway so now 
The other hypothesis that we're trying to test is a creation-based uh, idea. It's actually more along the lines of engineering. In fact, we're, th we're thinking at the Institute for Creation Research in terms of engineered biology, such that the Creator, which the Bible identifies as the Lord Jesus, would have outfitted the progenitors or the original fish with a suite of options that could be deployed in later generations. As needed. As needed or as occurs. Um, and so that's what we're trying to test. So <laughs> one of the one of the uh, um, predictions of our model would be that our that the that the trait could be deployed rather rapidly. Not we're not bound and constricted to a slow and gradual mm -hmm. deployment process. And so what we have is fish tanks, and we're trying to get we're, we're trying to expose um, cave fish, which we have, to uh, surface conditions to see what changes might happen. And well, we don't have a hundred million years, Doc, to make that happen. I don't know what you plan on doing. Which is, yeah. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it fun that we can do this kind of research because we have a different mindset? Mm -hmm. so, so our secular colleagues wouldn't even start this experiment yeah, right. they? because they're locked into thinking that this takes a long time, period. Yeah. yeah. And what are you guys seeing with these fish? Oh, man. So we were expecting maybe six generations down the line. We'd see some sort of changes start to happen. Yeah. Um, but in the adults, now these are adult ca cave fish, which have no <laughs> eyes, no pigment, very little pigment. They're pink. And they've been that way, breeding that way for countless generations, right. hundreds, maybe thousands of generations. They look the same exact way. And within 30 days, pigment starts to show up. Wow. And within That's 45 amazing. days, they look like surface fish. Now they didn't regenerate eyes. But who knows that they might not, or right. that they might, you know, in some number of generations. And uh, they, so these yeah, fish, they are, they are adapting. I mean, yes, yeah. but they're doing it. They're doing it because and they, they're doing it fast, fast. Like you're talking days and maybe two months. And it must be because they have sensors. Yeah. Something's built in there. Engineered to biology. Allow that to happen. Engineered biology really explains yeah. what we're seeing. They have sensors that are tracking. Oh, there's a lot of. There's a lot of sunlight or UV radiation, mm -hmm. and it, it's doing DNA damage to my skin. I better protect this skin yeah. by deploying pigment to protect my DNA I, and my I'm skin. I'm really curious about how secular scientists are responding to that information. Do they know about it? They don't. Oh, they don't know this about is, it. This is fresh. Ah. Yeah. Can't wait till that gets out. I know. Because <laughs> I'd, like I'd love to, to hear a response. What do you think of that? Huh? Put that in your pipe and smoke <laughs> no it. No doubt. Okay? Uh, that's great. Yeah, and I... Fun. And you said just now that they, they can't see or they haven't developed that yet. Was there something on the tour, or am I just misremembering, that there was some sort of optic activity that had started to happen? Right? Yeah, even all these blind mm -hmm. cape fish, yeah. as, um, as they develop from, from the egg, they begin to develop eyes. Jeez, uh, that's really they, something. They begin to, but then at a certain point in their development, the eye, uh, the eye degenerates, what they call degenerates, and then they deploy this eyeless version. But again, which, you've been experimenting on these fish for a hundred thousand years ish, yeah. somewhere. <laughs> and, and you're running experiments <laughs> both ways, right? You're you're taking them the surface, yeah. putting so them we're in exposing, darkness. Right, we're exposing the surface fish to cave conditions, and it turns out that the most um, significant cave condition, and I'll reveal, I'll reveal this to the world. Uh, 
this came at great cost and great expense. <laughs> <laughs> so this information that's pretty useless, but uh, <laughs> is the uh, acid. It's acidic um, in those caves. And so how do you swim in acid? You, know, oh, you, you, have, yeah. you, have, to, you have to deploy some. Should be toxic. Right, should be, fish. and it is, and, yeah. and you could, we can crank the acid down, the pH, the pH down to where these fish don't make it, but you can, anyway, but they do deploy acid um, uh, um, combating um, physiological measures. Wow. They, they, uh, they increase really the size of their blood cells, they, uh, they change their gill structure, even, uh, <laughs> you know, even as they're... Um, adults so it doesn't take multiple generations wow. to do some of these things it probably will take generations to do others so it's an ongoing experiment but that's that's what we're curious about is do we see evidence that that we need millions of years or multiple you know eons of of, of slow and gradual accumulated mutational changes or not or does yeah. this happen rapidly and are, are these fish act were these fish engineered to detect their environment and to deploy trait variations that will that will thrive in those various environments and, and of course that's the case uh, of course god gives them the ability to adapt of course I mean, we see it in humans we, that shouldn't be a surprise fish. to us I, but I somehow it does because we've been secularized to believe all these other things that it takes you know two million years for that to take place when in fact you did it in 45 days that's it that's amazing is there other what evidence do you have now against the natural selection um well, if, if natural selection seems more to me uh, to be a philosophy than an observation, what we, what we observe is, um, um, I guess you could call it differential survival. So let's, let's say some individuals in a population live mm -hmm. and, and pass on their offspring and m pass more of their offspring on to the next generation than, than others in a population. But the question is why? And um, and uh, the, the answer to me is more, <laughs> some of us are better than others, Doc. That's I mean, it. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> or some of us were were not in the way of the of the whale who just ate half of our population. <laughs> right. We're krill. You know, it's just accidents happen. Right. But um, but so I'm, I'm thinking more in terms of um, these traits, these traits that we have, and we can and we can deploy this animal or this plant can deploy a, a set of traits that um that were that were pre-programmed you know mendel you know gregor mendel with the pea plants mm. oh yeah greg i mean mm. yeah we go way back greg, here yeah. oh, that was our big topic a week ago mm. yeah, the pea plants. <laughs> no, no it wasn't i saw your topic a week ago <laughs> busted <laughs> yeah okay well he saw he 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 found what we now call our alleles or different versions of a gene and so those are pre-programmed and they were placed in these creatures um, some by something somewhere now what natural selection has become is a substitute creator and that's kind of how darwin set it up we mm -hmm. need to have some way to explain this design without a designer and natural selection today it's natural selection of mutants or neo-darwinism um, but that's all that is is a substitute for an actual engineer and what we're saying is that's not adequate we have the actual engineer. Yeah, we know the actual engineer, and we need to start giving him consideration. Yeah, uh, I wholeheartedly agree. It's it's amazing how science 
seems like so many scientists believe that it's either or they can't be they can't be both uh, belief believers in god and scientists whereas the ultimate scientist is god i mean he created Hello. everything he knows everything so uh you know it's it's not it's not um incompatible for a scientist to be a believer is it i mean i well, I don't, think, I don't know why of, they think it is. Think of this. Uh, historically, every major discipline of science was initiated, inaugurated, or begun by a Bible-respecting, at least, if not a genuine Christian-believing mm-hmm. scientist. Mm-hmm. You think of uh, Kepler and uh, Newton, Faraday. I mean, these guys studied their Bibles mm-hmm. more than they studied the world. And, they're, they're, and they founded whole new disciplines of science. So, yeah, this whole the scientific yeah. age that we're living in started because of the Christian worldview, because of the general beliefs that we get from the Bible. For example, the world is not God itself, pantheism. The world is separate from God. He's outside the world. The world is investigatable. Human life matters, and we should be able to investigate the world to figure out how to make human life better and to pr- improve our conditions because we care about people. So these, mm-hmm. these worldview pieces are what motivated the first scientists. So yeah, I think it's absolutely compatible. And you guys do a great job of pointing that out, the entrance of the museum, uh, where that little holding area with all the scientists talking to us. And I, I think that really stood out as as far as... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for sure. Telling the audience, you know, telling the, the crowd when you get there, hey, um, your science books and your uh, view of history has been rewritten for you. These great minds thought a lot about God. Yes, and we stand on their shoulders in a lot of ways. All right. um, Let me tell you about uh, Eden Pure Thunderstorms uh, before we get back to more with uh, Dr. Brian uh, Thomas. And uh, I've got one of these uh, thunderstorms in my hand right now. You see they're very compact. Uh, They're not hard to install. They're the easiest install of all time. You pull out the... Little, uh, so you got you have to pull out the prongs yeah. like that. Yeah, you have to pull right. too many out. steps. I and can't then, remember all. And this. then you plug it in. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, huh. and then and then what you do? Okay, this what? last step See, is okay. really hard. It's always something else. Really hard, but watch me. I'm going to do it slow. <laughs> okay. So we're watching. You turn it on. Wow. Yeah. You turn now it you're on. a scientist all of a sudden. Yeah. Okay. Huh. <laughs> Uh, so it's that easy. It, you never have yeah. to change a filter. It cl- it purifies the air. It gets rid of odors, whether you've got litter box problems or cigarette smoke or, you know, really bad cooking things. It makes it safe to invite Jeffy over to your it, house. It does. It does. Because in seconds, you can eliminate the fact that he was ever there. <laughs> it's great. But you need six of them, uh, though. Yeah. Well, right now you can get three of them, so if he invites, you might want to double that order. <laughs> double that order, yeah, yeah just to be over. safe. Uh, but you'll save $200 on three thunderstorms, uh, just three units for under $200. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, E-D-E-N, EdenPureDeals.com, enter the discount code PAT. That's EdenPureDeals.com, discount code PAT, and shipping is free. Pat Gray Unleashed. We'll be right back after this. We have uh, Dr. Brian Thomas in studio with us from the ICR Institute, uh, the Discovery Center in Irving, Texas. If you ever get a chance, please 
uh, yes. visit. It's really worth the time. And bring your kids. It's really fun. Uh, it's an amazing place. An amazing place. Uh, got a question here from Saving History. At what point in history has an explosion ever created anything? <laughs> it destroys. It doesn't make planets. That's a it's that's a, a great point, actually. Yeah, that that is a great point, point. and it, it, it goes back to the dinosaurs, and you know, the uh, we're put to, we're to believe that uh, an asteroid hit and then mm-hmm. wiped everything out, right? Mm-hmm. But when we find, or at least you find in your studies, right, dinosaurs, we find them in pockets all around the world, and it had to have been because of at least this flood event. Right, I mean that's the only way that it could happen. If it, if the if it was hit by an explosion or left just to die, they go away. There wouldn't be fossils, right? Well, I mean, uh, when creatures die today, let's say there's a local flood and you're in, in, in an old cow is uh, is down by the stream and uh, uh, looks up and says, uh oh, here comes here comes <laughs> right. a, a wall of mud and and it overtakes the cow. And so this happens periodically, even today. Mm-hmm. So we have these, but they're always constricted to river channels, and then and then, uh, but they and they never make fossils uh, today. So, that so something something different happened in the past. They don't make fossils anymore. <laughs> no, huh. no, that's God, just, dang it. I know that's strange. Yeah, isn't I it? mean, you have it to, is even in the seafloor. You know, when a creature dies, um, it gets scavenged, mm. and what doesn't get scavenged rots. And so the whole carcass gets recycled within a matter of months. Even whales don't take any more than a few years. Uh, you know, a ninety-foot whale, uh, and there's there's yeah there's creatures that are that God designed to scavenge bones, and they're all throughout the ocean. So, but that did not happen to many 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 bones in the in the distant past. And something preserved them and and kept them from getting scavenged and even from totally rotting. They're all partly rotted, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 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 the, so when I look at that feature that, that you just mentioned there, I'm thinking to myself, something happened different in the past and whatever it was, was worldwide. Because as you said, right. we, mean, have, every, we have these dinosaur fossils on every continent. And they're in, I mean, they're, they're on every continent and they're in pockets, right? I mean, when you find, like, you don't just run across one little piece of sojourn and say, oh, hey, here we are. Mm. Uh, I mean, there's uh, hundreds or thousands of them. Uh, in, yeah, we call it, we can call them death assemblages, and it looks like some watery. Um, it, it looks like water, you know, a, a, a washed these carcasses into like, like a low spot or something. Right. So even even my secular colleagues say that that it was water, but they call upon multiple um, local floods. Uh, that happened over eons. Okay. It was, but they have to say that in order to fit the data into their timeline. And the flood would have been created from the explosion or the the impact on the earth, right? Uh, the local flood yeah, that, they, yeah. that they talk about, yeah. So, uh, but I, uh, and that's that's a way to, to think about it. But um, yeah, I've rejected that view in favor of the of the of the worldwide flood view because we find these death, death assemblages, we find these these particular fossils in the same layer and right. the layer that it's in extends for hundreds of square miles so there's a death assemblage here and maybe 10 miles over there there's another one or maybe one mile in a different direction there's another pocket like as you say where this but they're all connected in the same 
uh, sedimentary layer. Mm -hmm. And that layer can go across half a continent. That doesn't happen anywhere today. But it happened everywhere mm. in the past. And what does the Bible say about the flood? It happened everywhere it happened in the past. happened everywhere in the yeah. past. I think it it's matches. amazing how they fight against that, though. The secular science community, just they will not accept that there was ever uh, a Noah's flood event. Um, they say it's impossible for that kind of uh, water to have occurred the planet-wide. And, and then they, they, they don't believe that Noah's Ark could have fit you know, two of each kind. Right. The continents shifted over a period of, you know, 100 million years or 400 million years or however long they decide at whatever, who's ever asking or telling us. But that particular flood event with Noah Mm -hmm. um, happened in what, a year or, you know, a God year? A year, right. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was one horrendous year and it was about 4,400 years ago. Um, and that's what the Bible teaches. Uh, and so, uh, okay, so, so we're we not gonna... 7,000 years old, right? Okay. Yeah, well, it's... well, no, it wasn't the first. No, it wasn't the first. Yeah, he's done the line. So, a how, bit. I mean, you never did answer how old we were, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I never did answer that. Uh, I said six. But uh, I was, yeah. 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 You would be the authority on that. Yeah. yeah. Since, <laughs> since you were there. Right. Right. We should carbon date him. See, see High touch uh, <laughs> we have more fossils in the room than I thought. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm glad you stopped by today, Doc. Good to have you here. Uh, we got this from uh, Lynn. Uh, question. If we're related to the ape, why don't apes today become human? Hmm. I, I think the answer would be time on that, right? We don't, we don't see it happen because it takes far too long. Right, the evil. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Is that what they say? Th- well, they say because they, they say... They say, um, my secular colleagues say that that modern apes and modern humans both evolved from a common ancestor. And so that's their position. So okay. uh, so we don't, they're not saying that modern humans evolved from, from modern apes. From modern apes. They're right. from some different ape or some, some different, different species. Ape-like yeah. creature. But the problem with that is, which one is it? Right. And why is Where there are they? zero consensus on which one it's supposed to be zero hmm. interesting isn't Comment. that interesting that is that is interesting uh from josh evolution tries to cancel out what the bible says that each animal reproduced after its kind from two times what about sin not only corrupting man did it not corrupt the earth oh well if you read genesis 6 mm-hmm. uh, the the uh, the the, the start of the flood, God gives the reason why he flooded the world, mm-hmm. and it's because the earth was filled with violence. And the earth was filled with violence. So I take that to mean that, uh, that the animals were violent too. And uh, God wanted to flush mm-hmm. and, and bathe the earth, baptize the globe, and get rid of the violent humans as well as some of the violent um, animals. And we have That's actually- think we don't see any of that anymore. <laughs> we do, of course, but uh, maybe not to the degree that it existed back then. So, yeah. but but we see the the fighting dinosaurs on display at the Discovery Center, Discovery Center in the lobby there. And by the way, we're we're about twenty feet from Irving, but technically it's in Dallas. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay, don't uh, bog us down with right. facts. Yeah, okay. sorry about the kind of sorry about the reality, but but it's on. Is it on Royal? Uh, do you want to give the address so if people? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 1830 Royal Lane, Dallas, Texas. Come on by. Very close to our studios. And you'll see the fighting dinosaurs. And it was a violent world. And some of those mm-hmm. violent fights were actually 
like frozen in stone. Mm. Like how does that never happens today? But uh, we think that's that's an indicator of a the flood. Okay. Bury these creatures and B, mm-hmm. uh, violence was was really there. Yeah, if the, if there was a worldwide flood, that would have been uh, a really heavy event, right, for the Earth. There, that's a lot of water, and water is heavy. So it would have compressed everything, right? Wouldn't that wouldn't that be one of the factors? This is Pat Gray Unleashed. With us, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. We're joined today by Dr. Brian Thomas from the ICR Institute, talking about the Earth being uh, seven thousand years old, not four and a half billion. Um, Adrian Slade tweets: Someone please bring up Piltdown Man. I want to hear <laughs> Pat go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this would be the show to do it. Right? I know to bring up Piltdown Man. Uh, the 42-year hoax that we're, we were all supposed to... You know, that science knew that was real. That was the missing link. Uh, we found it. Really? Hmm. Okay. Uh, then we've got this from Howard Newton. Uh, your conversation on carbon dating is fascinating. Strengthen, tr- strengthens Pat's argument of oil being a renewable resource. We talked to one of the scientists... Yeah, we did. Uh, ...while we were there at your institute. Uh, uh, and he didn't exactly believe in my renewable goo uh theory no but it was something close yes he believed that in the layers there were uh there's a process right and yeah and at a certain Mm -hmm. layer that process creates the goo yeah so it's a little different but you have any thoughts on oil being renewable rather than a fossil fuel not really not really yeah yeah not one of your uh no, not one of your interests. So it sounds exactly. like you talked with our petroleum geologist, uh, Dr. Tim Clary. Yes, that's exactly who okay. we talked to. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, we think that oil, uh, he, uh, he's told me at least that possibly oil, uh, some oil, I'm not going to say all of it, but some oil, uh, I, I guess, emerges from like deeply buried coal layers, maybe something like that. Deeply mm-hmm. buried organic matter. Organic mm-hmm. matter. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and so the oil, since it's less dense than water, it's going to rise until it hits a barrier underground uh, and then it's going to pool. Right. Um, I don't I don't know mm-hmm. if that's but 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 one of the points that he makes and I agree with completely is oil itself. Bacteria love to eat it and it breaks down chemically. Right. So oxygen reacts with oil. Um, and this is kind of why we have to change the oil in our car is because it's not an, right. in, it's not an indefinitely, you know, uh, it doesn't live forever. And, and uh, of course, heating it up in a car will accelerate its decay. But, um, <clears throat> but nevertheless, it's, it just doesn't last forever. And I don't think it can last for the hundreds of million years that, that my secular colleagues have assigned to it. Why yeah. haven't bacteria eaten, eaten it. it all? Yeah. Right. So it's another it's right. another feature of our should have by now after sixty five so. million years at least yep. should have should, it should all be gone oh yeah yeah uh, all right we also have this uh, Michael NP seventeen oh one I may have missed him talking about it but there has been soft tissue and blood cells found inside dinosaur bones yeah uh, I think we do have some thoughts on that I mean, don't you? That, that's your that's your deal <laughs> right that's what I researched that's, yeah. that's what I got mm-hmm. at, uh, my last degree in and and. And, and for that reason is because these blood vessels 
and um, tissues, uh, sometimes whole tissues, but more often fossils will have... Now, something, a soft tissue wouldn't last for 65 million years. Not even 1 million. Yeah. And the thing is, we measure the decay rates of these tissues. And the toughest tissues are probably something like collagen. Mm. So bone mm-hmm. collagen, skin is made of co- like 95% of your skin is, collag- is collagen protein. It's a tough, ropey, insoluble, so uh, water washes right off of it. Um, but still, it's a, it's a, it's a biological uh, tissue. And so it's made of proteins, and proteins do chemistry. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And, and that's why you, we, we, your body constantly replaces old proteins in your bone, replaces old skin constantly, because okay. the proteins are doing chemistry, and we have to replace those broken down proteins, or our bodies will fall apart. Uh, so that's what's happening in our bodies. But as soon as you die, you no longer are replacing those proteins. They just start to decay, decay or, or they over. continue to decay without getting replaced. And um, so, but the stuff can last. I mean, think of the Dead Sea Scrolls. So that's parchment, which is made of sheep skin, which is collagen protein. And that's 2,000 years old, these Dead Sea Scrolls. So mm. we, it can last thousands of years, but not. But not millions. Not millions, not, millions, not at all. Mm. Yeah. Not even one million. Uh, High Plains Stranger tweets, dinosaurs are currently roaming around Congress. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, it is a good point, and that should not be the case. Uh, Joe Brislin, evolution remains a theory because the scientists can't explain the following. There are no transitional fossils. All 12 steps of blood clotting are needed. Both white and blood cells and antibodies uh, are needed, and mutations in DNA always hinder. Hmm. Okay. Uh, your thoughts on those? Uh, you've probably... It, it sounds like he's been reading been Institute over for Creation Research yeah, articles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah that's yeah. great. And that's the, that was your point with uh, talking about how they, uh, they insert guesses on there, which then leads to, oh, yeah, well, that's just, that's just the way it is. Just the way it is. Mm-hmm. the way it is. Mm-hmm. Back to uh, the Noah situation. Um one one of the things that I hear all the time is that okay if if the story is literal if it's actually true then at the end of that journey there was just Noah's family right and uh, you would have had to create the rest of humanity from that gene pool and so how is that possible when they were all related those are the kinds of things that people you know talk about what about the you know the dna and and marrying among family members is not a good idea and we're, we're, how do you explain yeah, great, that great question yeah but my answer is going to be longer than a sound bite okay is that okay yeah uh-huh. we've yeah. got some time here mm-hmm. <laughs> okay uh so so first of all remember that um in the in the creation uh, uh the biblical creation paradigm or model god made adam and eve with perfect genetics in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until many, many generations later that those, that, uh, and after sin and its effects, okay, uh, began to have a mutation accumulation. Okay, so we're accumulating more and more mutations with every new generation. Okay. So are, we're not... Because of sin. Because of... Right. Because of the brokenness of this world. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, yes, because mm-hmm. of sin, according to the Bible. And so, it's, so it's, we're not evolving. Our genes aren't improving. We're actually devolving. We're degrading over time yeah. as a human race. 
So that's our, that's our, we get that from the scripture. Mm-hmm. And it matches exactly what we see in science with about a hundred new mutations every generation today. So if you took people from today, but we've inherited a hundred new mutations roughly, according to the latest uh, tallies by geneticists doing genome comparisons. Uh, I've got a hundred more mutations than my dad had. He, so I, but I have a hundred more than him, but he also inherited the hundred from his father. Right and the hundred from his father's father, et cetera. So we've got Mm -hmm. all these, so we've got several thousand now. So if I take people from today's um, mutation-laden populations and founded a new population and said, okay, you eight people that are on the ark, go, go start a new humanity. Absolutely, if we took today's people, it would not work. We'd have, we'd have a mutational meltdown and a population collapse. But that's not what the Bible teaches. It teaches that it was Noah and his family, and they were much closer. What's purer. It? Only purer. So only, what, 10, 10 or so generations removed from Adam mm-hmm. uh, in those 1,600 uh, uh, so, or so years, uh, 1656 years from creation to the flood. So it's only 10 generations because they lived so long. Right. Another topic there. but um, <laughs> uh, And a good one. I, I like yeah, that topic. I too. That's Think one of about favorites. Abraham. He married his sister half sister no problem and from him generate you know nations have come from him right and no problems with um with mutation accumulate it just Mm -hmm. humanity hadn't been around long enough to accumulate enough mutations for this to be a problem and And their bodies were purer yes and it only became a problem in moses time and then the mosaic law that's where that's where we see the introduction of okay don't marry your sister that's when incest (laughs) was a became a thing right so you do believe that uh, Adam and Noah lived 800, 900 yes. plus years. And it, I, yeah. The reason I do is because, well, several reasons, but one is, uh, why not? If you've got such pristine yeah. genetics. Right. Why not? Right. But that's, not, I mean, people don't grant you that point really in the secular no, world. And, and in fact, I know a lot of religious people. Strongly religious people who who don't for some for whatever reason believe it, um, and I'm like, God could do that if he wanted to, right? He can he can make strong, wholesome, uh, perfected bodies if he wanted to, or certainly more perfected than than we are. Well, uh, and well, over time, yeah, there was degradation. Right. Well, he said he said, behold, it is all very good. Yeah. He said that in the beginning. Right. So I mean I, I tend to nowadays take him at his word yeah on right. that on that and on that issue as well as every other issue but another um, uh, I guess detail that that scoffers you know isn't it easy to scoff mm-hmm. like it's a cop out it's like Pah. everyone else scoffs I'm going to do it too and boom <laughs> I'm in the club you know I'm I cool. don't know what you're talking yeah. about welcome <laughs> welcome to Twitter <laughs> uh, you know so it takes a brave person to 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 look into a matter yeah uh, maybe something like that and um but but if you plot the ages of these patriarchs in genesis 11 these these folks who lived after the flood after the bottleneck the constriction mm-hmm. uh, of all humans down to the eight that were on board the ark which peter also identifies mm-hmm. in first peter um the lifespans systematically decline and if you plot them it, it generates a a decay curve 
which we see in biology all the time. Yeah. And so they started, a, they, they stopped living 900 years. Right. Yeah. Right. Much, and, but much shorter lifespan. But it's lifespan. an S-shaped, uh, it's a sigmoidal decay curve that matches what we see when we do today's population constriction. So you could take a healthy, two healthy wolves from a, from a wolf population that's interbreeding with all kinds of different um, individuals and you isolate them and get them to marry, get the next generation to marry within that family, brothers and sisters, you're going to see a, a lifespan decrease there too. Yeah. That kind of thing. We do, you know, you can yeah. do it with guppies or whatever. And so you see, get the same curve. So it's a biologically relevant decay curve if you plot the biblical data. We will finish up with uh, Dr. Brian Thomas uh, from the ICR Institute in just a minute. First, let me tell you about uh, uh, about Factor. This is so great. It's summer. You might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals to support these sunny, active days. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. And it can help you fuel up fast. Not just fuel up, but provide you with really delicious gourmet meals that are not a hassle at all. You just heat them up. Put them in the microwave for two minutes, you're ready to go and eat a delicious meal. Uh, They've got 34-plus weekly restaurant-quality options. Bruschetta, shrimp, risotto, uh, the green goddess chicken, the grilled steakhouse, filet mignon. Those are, again, it's ready in two minutes. Is the dinner bell ringing now, Jeffy? Yeah, Jeffy's ready to eat, uh, which is not much of a surprise. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions. They source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, even though I don't necessarily ask that of them. They're doing it anyway. Head to factormeals.com slash pat50 and use the promo code. Pat50 to get 50% off. Makes sense. 50% off. That's code Pat50 at factormeals.com slash Pat50 to get 50% off. This is Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, back again with uh, Dr. Brian Thomas from the ICR, ICR Institute, uh, from the Discovery Center. Um, are there any big big events uh, coming up at the Discovery Center that we should know about? Mega Conference, Phoenix area, the Phoenix area. Yeah, okay. so you just go to icr.org and then click the events tab, and um, that's a good that's a good way to get to get uh, equipped. Hmm. To get mm. equipped and even m- maybe a little energized. And w- how do I navigate this world where I'm going to believe what the Bible says about the past mm-hmm. in, in a world that's, that's, uh, that scoffs at that position? So it, it helps, to, it helps to, to, to equip ourselves with reasons to believe what it says. And, uh, and, and some of them are scientific. So we'll be presenting that. Uh, a range of our scientists will be in the Phoenix area. October 12th for that event. Yeah, thank in, you. In, October 12th. I love the fact that you guys um, put so much faith in God because that's where our faith belongs. And in this world today, it just seems like people have lost touch with that, with, with, that he's omnipotent, that he can do anything. And, and that's why, uh, you know, I was really curious to ask you about the age of the universe. Well, we asked at the Discovery Center a few weeks ago and found out it was 7,000 years, just like the Earth. Um, but uh, but how, how then do you, do you get the light from a star that's 28 billion light years away? Miracles. 
Um, yeah, I, I think to me that makes sense. To to non-religious people, I'm sure it doesn't. Well, you have to be open to the idea of miracles, and we live yeah. in a in a culture that's that's, that's not you know anti-miracle. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, but, but so I suppose it, you're going to tell us next that the Earth is round. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> what about life on other planets? What? How does that fit in, or does it in in your belief? Structure? It doesn't really. F- well, first of all, there's no scientific evidence for it, mm-hmm. and um, there's scientific evidence against it. Everything out, out, everything out, every place out there that we've looked at is just sterile. Yeah, um, and so. Yeah. So you discount the fact that that the, I mean, could he not have created other? planets with other people as well oh well i mean he could have but, worlds without but, but end think is about what he's created so you would think i would think well i do think that there's life somewhere out there but they look like us they're not little green men they're created in his image just like we are oh i, I no i i i don't think that's possible because no. of all the scriptures that say <laughs> christ died once for all right and he did including that including other planets to me but Paul no. would be encompassing that. Yeah. Well, yeah. but then he'd have to go over there to that planet and and communicate with them. So there's just no information um, that 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 is the case. So you it's know, kind of an argument from other silence. Other sheep I have also that I also must visit, and maybe those were some of the sheep. No. Yes. No. 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 I'm not yes. going to. I'm not going to fight you on this one. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's so. But it, but but the focus of God in history, mm-hmm. in the is Bible, on our is planet. on Earth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, so speaking of Earth, we we measure time by Earth-based clocks. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, how do you get all that? Those distant, very far away stars. And how do we get all that light? We don't need the light to get here in 6,000 years. We need to get it here in one day. Uh, we need to get it here so that when Adam and Eve opened their eyes for the first time, they saw the stars. So we have to get yeah. that starlight here in the day. And um, right. it turns out that you can have, hmm. according to Einstein's um, general relativity, you can have a lot of time elapse out there um, and no time elapsing here on Earth. And so we have lots of uh, creation physicists who have constructed models, but you do have to have a miracle to get these. Right. It's all based on the miracle. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think it's fascinating that people like Einstein, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he did believe, right? He believed in God. Well, he he used the word God. But but again, I think if, if, if you were to ask him, what do you mean by that? He would say, oh, the whole construct, the laws of physics. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, And didn't, Stephen Hawking, I don't know if he did at the end of his life, but in, it, it, at some point, I think he also believed, right? Um, uh, that, that may be an urban myth. myth. Really? <laughs> huh. So, obviously... No? Or a rural myth. I don't know. A, a lot of this discussion... Oh, I like that. That was fun. Urban and rural. Took my moment. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> there's so... there's it's It's a deep topic, trying to establish the proper age of the earth if you're on an airplane and you're sitting next to somebody who knows what you do for a living what's your elevator pitch like what do you lead with when you're trying to explain why you believe that the earth is merely seven thousand years old so i bet you don't explain it on elevators (laughs) yeah (laughs) take a little longer than the ride but anyway 
I lead with, well, what do you believe? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Just yeah. questions, right? You just talk questions. About, just questions. You just question them. But, but if, but if someone were to ask, um, I, uh, you know, that's a good question. I, I don't know if I have an elevator pitch because mm-hmm. it's not an elevator. It's yeah. like Pat just said, it's like, it took me five years yeah, yeah. to read mm-hmm. books. And I understand books. that. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we live in a society with TikTok generation where attention spans yeah. are, are so my clips longer than 30 seconds they're not interested mm-hmm. so maybe yeah, i just it makes say it difficult i just say well it's, it's you know what about dinosaur blood vessels you know because that's what i study yeah and that'll shut them up <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and yeah. I, I actually that's interesting can i get a diet coke i, I know <laughs> i know that during one of the breaks here uh, pat was talking and i actually uh I, I heard a preacher use this ex- exact example uh at one point was that you're, if you believe in evolution, uh, you're you're believing that you can take a box of what is it? Watch parts? Yeah. Shake it up. Yeah. You put a bunch of parts of a watch into a box and you shake it for four and a half billion years, <laughs> and what comes out at the end is a Rolex. Ta-da! Is that going to happen? Ta-da! No, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, it's silly to me. Yeah. Silly. Uh, it's a lot of faith. It it does. That takes right? more faith. It takes more faith in Charles Darwin. Yeah then we're exercising to believe the opposite. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to me. It's amazing. Uh, let me ask you one final question, because uh, you brought up Adam and Eve a few minutes ago. It, how long do you think they spent in, in the Garden of Eden? Oh, it, the, the text doesn't reveal the answer right. to that, so we don't know. Right. So, But, but I, I mean, two people who believe both in God and um, current theory uh, from secular scientists, could, it have, could they have been there for four billion years? And then left the garden? No, uh, 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 because um, they didn't have kids yet. Right. So I think it was fewer than uh, fewer than nine months because mm. they hadn't had any kids. I mean, they they started having kids. They were able to have be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. said God. But that at was the at the end, beginning. right? When they left, weren't they leaving no, no. when they when he said that? No, it was from, or, it's at creation. Okay. Yeah. 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 So be fruitful, multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Genesis yeah. chapter one. That's a creation week. So it's day mm-hmm. uh, day six. There this is when he said it, and um, and so they were immediately able to be fruitful and multiply, but they didn't so have you enough think it time. Was very, very short time. They didn't have enough time in the garden yeah. to have their first child. Um, so so that you have to get to the uh, after the fall when they started. Dropping pups, as they say in East Texas. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating uh, topic uh, that uh, it's been fun to explore. Thanks for coming. Uh, a range of topics. It. And thank you guys for having me. Um, so uh, please check out the ICR uh, Institute and the Discovery Center because we had a great time. And we there. did. And you guys are doing great work there. No question really about are. that. Uh, very impressive. Now, the, the general public, the, you don't really have a tour that goes in with the scientists and they show them the fish and all that, right? Um, so you're just going to have to take our word for that right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but there's all kinds of stuff to do there and movies to see. And uh, I was... I was pleasantly surprised by the the technology that's involved. It's it's a lot of fun, and I think your whole family will enjoy it. Thanks for coming, Brian. Appreciate it. My pleasure. When you uh, when you come up with uh, your elevator pitch, maybe we'll have you back. Okay, but I'll work on that. I'll work on that. Well, if it was an elevator pitch, we would need to spend two hours on it, right? Uh, correct. And so it's probably a good thing that he doesn't have the elevator pitch. Uh, all right, we've got overtime uh, still coming up. 
also, this is a, a big weekend. No doubt about it. Uh, because college football College football begins. starts week zero, I mean, baby. We got uh, Navy and Notre Dame this weekend, right? Uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's like six or seven games, maybe eight, something like that. And then next week, on Thursday night, is Keith's team, Nebraska. On yeah. Saturday is my team, BYU, taking on... Uh, the mighty Sam Houston State Bearcats. <laughs> and then who does Missouri start I out with? Know, you don't even know. School of the Blind. He doesn't even that, know. That All right, so have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday. This is Pat Gray Unleashed.